podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. All right, uh, it's another week. I'm here with Louis Ragoni. Hey, Dolphins. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. Uh, we were talking about uh, the trades in Dolphins history, and we started at the beginning in 1966, and we brought it up until 1990. So today we're going to start with 1991. Um, now, last week, we, when we started, we, we ran off some great, great trades. Uh, you know, we got Paul Warfield, we got Don Shula, we got uh, Larry Little. Well, it's not quite, as, not quite as promising starting off now. In 1991, uh, we uh, sent uh, Eric Kumaro, who was not working out here, to Chicago for Bestie Jackson. A number one pick, Mike. Yep. A number one pick. We yep. trade for Vesty Jackson. For Vesty Jackson. Right. And uh, he started 16 games, and uh, he had five starts in 92 and 93. Now, Kumaro never played a down for Chicago. So, we probably got the best of that trade, but Vesty Jackson was not a very good player. Yeah, he was okay. I mean, he obviously, he was a better football player than our than number Kumaro. one draft. Yeah, exactly. A couple of years prior to that, and... Um, you know, it's interesting because him and uh, the Bozas, who are both very good football players in the NFL, their father was drafted by us the year prior. So we had two straight years of defensive ends that just didn't work out for us. Kumro was uh, probably the worst of the two. Um, you know, Boza yeah, he wasn't was bad. He was Boza, just banged Boza up. got hurt, right. Yeah. It was a different situation. Right. Kumro just couldn't play. <laughs> right. But um, – you know, those type of picks, and Kumaro, as we mentioned before we move on, is another reason as to why we kind of started, uh, you know, going backwards. Oh, and ended um, up getting Shula in picks. trouble. I mean, the, all these picks, uh, you know, added up, and they, they had to spend more time in the free agent market, and, you know, that didn't work out so well for them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, 1991, the third-round pick to Houston for linebacker John Grimsley. Uh, John started 11 games in 92 after recovering from a knee injury, sitting out all of 91. He started nine more games in 93, and then he was done. The pick we sent to Houston was number 79 in the third round, and uh, they ended up selecting offensive lineman Kevin Donnelly, who would later come back and play three seasons with Miami. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid lineman, absolutely. Yep. 1991, Tim McHire to Atlanta for a third-round pick, uh, which turned out to be Aaron Craver, and a 12th-round pick. At uh, 331, Miami took a defensive tackle, Joe Brunson, who never made it onto an NFL roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, McHire was a character. He was here for, I think, only one season, maybe two. But yeah. uh, he was a really solid cornerback. Um, you know, he was a shit-talker, and... Um, he was a fun guy on the football field to watch. I liked him. He wasn't here long. No, he wasn't. Uh, 1981, Randall Hill to Phoenix for a uh, first-round pick, which was the number seventh pick. Now, we used that pick to select cornerback Troy Vincent. Vincent started 55 games in Miami. Hill started 22 games for the Cardinals in his two seasons there. Yeah, the, the, Hill, the Hill thing was interesting because we needed a, a big play receiver, and obviously we both watched him. 
because he went to the University yep. of Miami, and he was an extremely good wide receiver there. Very explosive, but uh, he held out during training camp. And once he did get in the camp, Shula did not like what he saw out of him. I think he lasted one game a year before we wound up trading him. One game. Number one pick. There had to be something more to that story, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But you know what? It was a smart move because Hill really didn't do much in Phoenix either. Right. I mean, so obviously Shula saw that the guy had deficiencies. But um, it would have been nice to have seen those deficiencies prior to them to drafting, drafting him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, that's on one we thing go. about Shula, though. He he had no problem writing a wrong. Uh, well, exactly. He pulled the trigger on many many occasions. You know, just getting rid of guys that he didn't feel yeah. were going to fit. The only the only time I would say that didn't happen was with uh, Tom Olivadotti. I think he took kept him longer than he should have. But anyway. In 1992, Sammy Smith to Denver for Bobby Humphrey. <laughs> yeah, um, another number one pick, Mike. You, you see the trend here, and you see why we start going backwards later on. Because, again, you got another, another number one draft pick here that's being dealt a few years later. Uh, Bobby Humphrey had some issues in Denver. Sammy Smith obviously had some issues here in Miami, fumbled at the end of uh, games, two straight weeks, which, you know, sealed his fate. I mean, I personally liked Sammy, but um, he had issues. And, um, you know, fumbling the football by the goal line when you have an opportunity to win two straight weeks and you wind up losing because of these fumbles, uh, you know, that sealed his fate. Yeah, we've talked all throughout this, slew that Shula just didn't put up with that. It wasn't something he would tolerate. Exactly. So, I mean, it was an even swap. Humphrey came here. I mean, he's best known once he came here for showing up a half hour before the championship game here in Miami when they played Buffalo in that championship game. He showed up a half hour prior to the start of the game. So basically, I think it was a four o'clock start. He got to the stadium at 3.30. Insane. Absolutely insane. And that sealed his fate. (laughs) His mind wasn't where it should have been. Exactly. In 1993, we sent a second-round pick in 93 and a third-round pick in 94 to the Patriots for Irving Fryer. The the second-round pick uh, ended up in Minnesota's hands, and they drafted Quatre Ismail. Uh, Pittsburgh selected at 88 and took linebacker Jason Gilden. He played 10 seasons in uh, Pittsburgh. Fryer played three seasons in Miami and uh, did not miss a game. Fryer was excellent when he came here. He had some issues in New England. He was a number one draft pick. Really didn't do an awful lot there. I mean, he was, you know, hit and miss over his seasons in New England at the beginning of his career. But when he came here, he was a different player. He was very focused. He was Marino's favorite target over those couple of years. He had a couple of thousand thousand yard seasons in a row and almost got there his third season with us. And he was was excellent. He was excellent for us. He fit a need for us at that point because Duper and Clayton had moved on. And uh, we needed a guy like that. And he was great. Yeah. It was fun to watch. I remember the fourth and five uh, that Marino threw long to him where he uh, caught it and scored. Very exciting. Oh, he moment. he lit. Yeah, that was Marino's first game back from the yep. Achilles injury from the year prior. And uh, oh my God, Fryer was just on fire that day. I mean, New England just couldn't cover him. I mean, he had a phenomenal game. I mean, Marino was just incredible. I mean, because there was so many question marks 
in regard to him coming back from that Achilles because he had been in, you know he had been around at that point close to ten seasons right. you know and you know there's always you know a right. concern that was his eleventh season his eleventh season yeah. yep and um, he came back and threw for over four hundred yards and just looked like the same Marino of old. And Fryer had a lot to do with that that day. He was just outstanding. New England just couldn't cover him. Yep. 94, Miami sent Tony Martin to San Diego for a fourth-round pick where Miami took linebacker Ronnie Wolfork. Uh, Wolfork never played a down in the NFL. Martin, meanwhile, played uh, until 2001, including uh, 1999 and 2000 in Miami. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When they traded Tony Martin, I didn't like them doing it because he was a speedster. and. Uh um he wound up going on to San Diego and, and just having some really, really good years there. I mean, right after we traded him, he just took off. I mean, he became one of the better wide receivers in the AFC. So uh, not a great trade for us. Not a great trade. No. You see yep. the trend. The trend yep. The trend continues. Yeah. The draft picks, the trades. Not the same as the first bat, right? Exactly. The first show that we did, right? Right. We're not sounding as uh, <laughs> you know as promising. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there were still a few trades that, uh, that were decent. We'll get to them, but most uh-huh. of these are garbage. Uh, Nineteen ninety-five, we sent uh, wide receiver Mark Ingram to Green Bay for our fourth round pick. Uh, also in ninety-five, we uh, Keith Jackson in the fourth acquired for Ingram to Green Bay for pick number fifty-three in the second round, where Miami selected guard Andrew Green. Green was a bust who saw action at ten games over two seasons, one in Miami and one in Seattle. Yeah, that Jackson trade to me, it had to be about money. That you know his contract was going to be up or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it was. You know, he he was consistently good for us and um, didn't quite understand why they moved him, but uh, they did. Well, here in the uh, 1995, the 56th overall pick and the 87th pick for defensive end Trace Armstrong from Chicago. The Bears used 56 on a punter, Todd Sauerbrunn, who spent five years in Chicago during his 13-year career. With the 87th pick, Chicago drafted uh, Evan Pilgrim, a guard. Evan started eight games in his career, so I think the Dolphins got the better end of that deal. Yeah, they most definitely did. I mean, Trace Armstrong became um, a really, really good pass rusher, and he was used in those situations. Wound up starting for us a lot more than what they expected one season. I think it was due to injury, but he was a specialist. He came in and he sacked the quarterback. And for the you know the amount of time he was here, which I think was uh, he wound up staying like four or five years with us, he was very very productive, and it was a really good trade for us. That really panned out. No, he question. was an exciting player. Yep, uh, it was 90, fun to watch. Yep, ninety nine, a fifth round pick, number one fifty seven, to San Francisco for guard uh, Kevin Gogan. Uh, the Forty ers selected fullback Terry Jackson, who spent seven seasons with the team in a reserve role. Gogan started 10 games for Miami and uh, spent his last season in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Decent offensive lineman. Yeah, he was at the tail end of his career, but uh, the, the 10 games he played for us, I thought, were pretty solid. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> 10 games, I mean, <laughs> very yeah. short Miami Dolphin career, but... Well, that was plugging a hole, that's all. Exactly. 2002, we sent a first, the 25th overall, and a fourth, the 125th overall. Um, draft picks in 2002, and a first overall, and um, which was the 18th pick, 
in 2003 to New Orleans for running back Ricky Williams, and we got a fourth back in return in 2002. So we sent a couple of fir- we a first, a fourth, and uh, another fourth, right? And, and a first. So two firsts and two fourths for Ricky Williams. What do you think of that trade, Lewis? Well, I mean, Ricky Williams is one of the most recognizable Miami Dolphins in regard to, you know, putting a Miami Dolphin uniform on. Um, you know, you got to put them up there with Zonka and Greasy and Warfield and Bonacani and all those type of guys. Ricky was, in my opinion, over that short amount of years, uh, you know, at that in that time period, he was best running back in football. Agreed. And he was the best running back that I had seen in a while because uh, his combination of power and speed – and he was just able to find the hole so quickly. I mean, it was there, and he was through it in two seconds and gone. Um, the other was, thing he was exceptional at, Lewis, was, was hesitating in the backfield until the block was there. Mm-hmm. Patience. You know, some guys don't have that, and, and he did. He was very, very good at that. Ricky was the complete package, Mike, and I'm telling you, I mean, you know, me and you have been watching football for a long time. And to me, when he was at his peak, he may, I mean, you could put him up there right with the best ever because he was just that good. Uh, The fact that he carried us, you know, those couple of seasons as, you know, running the football. I mean, we didn't have much of a passing game and teams knew we were going to run the football and they still couldn't stop him. Um, He was just so much fun to watch. You know, we haven't had a superstar since. He was our last true superstar, to be honest with you. Um, He was a superstar over those couple of seasons. Uh, Jason Taylor, you know, you could probably throw him in the mix. But past those two guys, we have not had a superstar. And we're talking about 2002, Mike. This is over the last 20 years, I mean, of Miami Dolphin football. Ricky Jackson, I mean, uh, Ricky Williams, our, our last true superstar that has put a Miami Dolphin uniform on. And um, in my opinion, it was a great trade. I mean, it was a need and it wound up really working out for us. I mean, you know, giving up the number one picks is a lot, but, uh, you know, he, he was worth every, you know, every draft pick they give up, gave up for him. He was well worth it. I know you sat down with Ricky and uh, got to know him a little bit. Uh, why don't you share your thoughts? He's an incredible human being. I mean, I, I can't tell you how impressed you are with him as you sit down because he makes you feel like he's been your friend for life. You sit down, you talk to him, he talks to you like he's known you forever. Uh, he's just a great human being and uh, a very misunderstood human be- human being. Um, you know, I think people uh, kind of put a label on him at one point, and uh, he's he's truly misunderstood. And uh, I, I can't say enough about him. I've actually sat down with him on um, three different occasions now, Mike, and um, he remembers you. I mean, you know, he's got a lot of people in and out of his life, but. The last couple of times me and my wife uh, worked with him, he he was just outstanding. He came right up, oh, hi, how you guys doing? You know, he, he's just that type of person. He treats everybody with, with the utmost respect and treats everybody like, uh, like, like you want to be treated. When you meet a player, 
and a guy that's been through everything he's been through and he treats you as if, you know, he, he's, you know, he's known you his whole life and, you know, just gives you time and talks to you and asks you questions back. You know, it, it makes you feel good. You know, you can't, you, I, I can't say enough about the guy. Sure. Yep. In 2004, we sent the uh, a second-round pick in, uh, in 2005 to Philadelphia for quarterback A.J. Feely. The <laughs> Eagles used the 35th pick to select wide receiver Reggie Brown, who played five years for the Eagles. Yeah, this, is, this starts our trend of trading for quarterbacks, Mike. Yeah, trying trying to, find, to find a quarterback. Trying to find somebody and reaching over and over again. I mean, a second-round pick for A.J. Feely. Uh, you know, it, listen, you know, these things, and, and as we go forward, you know, you'll understand why this team just, you know, had just really, really just did not put good football teams together. It's because we kept trading early draft picks and not really getting any production back from the guys we traded for. And, and this was the start of it with, uh, AJ Feely. I think we started at the very beginning. <laughs> well, yes, but this this was it, the start of searching for that quarterback. I should have said in regard to quarterbacks, yeah. right? Because yeah. yeah, it did start prior to that, Mike. But yeah, this is where the quarterback uh, issues begin. You know. Well, on that aside, our ne- our next uh, trade was 2004. Uh, cornerback Jamar Fletcher and a sixth round pick to San Diego for a guy we thought was going to come in here and and. Uh, give us a decent receiver. They, they traded for wide receiver David Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> no, it did not. Didn't work. I, Mike, I don't remember much about David Boston. That's, that, that, all, or that is all that needs to be said in regard to David Boston. I mean, do you remember him in any way, well, shape, or form? No, because he, he did not have any production at all this we're exactly. speaking about. Exactly. Uh, he was, he was, I don't know if he was on steroids or what, but he got huge and, uh, he, he just didn't have it athletically. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, 2004 defensive end, Anawali Agunliate of Chicago for wide receiver Marty Booker and a third round pick in 2005. Agunlier lasted six years in Chicago. Booker spent four seasons in Miami. He topped out in 2006 with uh, 747 yards. Uh, Miami did make good use of the third-round pick they received by selecting linebacker Channing Crowder, who uh, spent six seasons in Miami. Yeah, I mean, you know, the draft pick there with Crowder, he was a very, very solid football player. He was fun to watch. Uh, you know, Agunlier, though, <laughs> you know, it would have been nice to have him. I mean, that one season that we had both him and Taylor on the ends, I mean, they, they were very, very good and very productive. Um, well, let me ask you, would you trade Crowder and Booker for Ogunleye if you were going to make that deal right now? Uh, probably not. I probably would have stuck with Ogunleye. I really don't know what yeah, happened yeah. to him because he had some really good years with Chicago. He had good seasons with us, a couple seasons, I believe. And, um, then he just fell off the face. You know, I don't know if he just decided to retire. Or he got hurt. I don't know. Once he got traded, I didn't follow his career. But I know he had some extremely, extremely good years in Chicago. And Booker was, you know, he was he was a solid football player for us, as was Crowder. But, you know, looking back on it, you know, I may have wanted to have a Goonlier around here on the opposite end of Taylor because, boy, they would have been an incredible tandem to deal with. You know, offenses would have had a hard time trying to figure all that yeah. out. But, yeah. um, you know, again, 
it's a situation, Mike, where over and over again we're reaching for offense. You know, you see here, you're talking about one season, 2004, where we make three trades to better our offense. You trade for a quarterback in Feely. You trade for a wide receiver in David Boston. And you trade for another wide receiver in Marty Booker. And in the process, you know, you're kind of giving up some draft picks. You're giving up some defense. And um, these guys just aren't bringing it to the table in regard to your offense. It just never developed. They also sent the uh, 66th overall pick in round three to St. Louis for running back Lamar Gordon. Mm-hmm. There you go, another one. Yeah. Gordon played three seasons in Miami. The Cardinals drafted free safety O.J. Atagwe, who played seven seasons in St. Louis. In 2005, cornerback Pat Sertan and a fifth-round pick in 2005 to Kansas City for a second and fifth in 2005. With the 138th pick, KC took linebacker Boomer Grigsby, who played uh, four seasons, three in KC, and he actually played one game in Miami in 2008. Uh, He was a reserve in KC who saw limited action. With the 46th pick, Miami took linebacker Matt Roth, who went on to spend five unproductive years in Miami. Then they shipped him off to Cleveland, where he played 22 games. Yeah, Matt Roth was a guy that... um... You know, they had high hopes for it, just never amounted to anything. And, um, you know, it, this is another trend that starts, Mike, is where we don't keep our guys, you know, due to money situation. I mean, I think the whole situation with Sertan was simple. You know, it was, it was money. They didn't want to pay him, and he got dealt. And he was such a good cornerback. Even when he went – at that point in his career, when he went to Kansas City, he was pretty much at his prime, in his prime, and – um Kansas City got some really good years out of him, and it would have been nice for them to have kept him around here, but it is what it is. You know, that, that didn't really work out for us either. You know, again, it, beca- it starts a trend where we start trading um, some really, really good football players and not getting anything worthwhile in return. Well, as part of that trade, we got uh, pick number 162, and Miami drafted tackle Anthony Alibi. Uh, We got two seasons out of him, and Mm. he never played another down for anybody else. Mm. Don't even remember him, Mike. Yep, which tells you all you need to know about Anthony Alibi. Yep, I don't think there's a Dolphin fan out there that would remember the fella. 2005, you'll remember this guy. We got we uh, got quarterback AJ Feely and a. I'm sorry, we sent AJ Feely <laughs> and a six to uh, San Diego for quarterback Cleo Lemon. So Feely lasts one year. Yeah, we give up a second round pick for him in 2004. A year later, we trade him. 2005 and, and, a, and a sixth and a sixth round pick for a. Cleo Lemon, another quarterback who, again, failed miserably here. Well, that that move was so great. In 2006, they sent a second-round pick uh, to Minnesota for quarterback Dante (laughs) Culpepper. Mm -hmm. They also sent a fifth-round pick uh, in 2007 for uh, Joey Harrington. And I mean, you're you're looking at. I mean, this is this is just amazing if you look back on it. (laughs) <laughs> now, I don't know if people realize this, but here we are over a two-year period where we have traded, or a three-year period, I should say, 2004, 2005, 2006, yep. three-year three, three year period where we trade for four different 
quarterbacks over a three-year period, and none of them, none of them do anything for us. Feely, Lemon, Culpepper was absolutely horrible. He was hurt. He came here hurt, played like he was hurt, and he was done. Joey Harrington was horrible when he played, threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns. Detroit made a mistake in drafting him, and we made a mistake in even trading for him. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, you're giving up second rounders, second rounders, fifth rounders. You're giving up people and bodies that can help your team, that can help your team. And you're, you're targeting one position over and over again for three straight years with nothing coming back for it. I mean, it was just, you know, and again, this, this is why. We went so so far downhill after this because of all these type of moves. Yeah. In 2007, wide receiver Wes Walker to New England for yeah. a second and a seventh. Uh, with the 60th pick, we drafted uh, center Samson Satelli. With the seven-round pick, we drafted Abraham Wright, who never played it down in the NFL. And I, I've explained this on the page. This was something where Miami kind of got caught with their pants down. New England did what what's called a poison pill, and they wrote Welker a contract that would pay him large bonuses for every game played in Miami, knowing, I'm sorry, in Florida, knowing that Miami would not be able to match that because they'd have to give him that large bonus every game. Uh, that's what was called a poison pill, and then uh, after that season, that, that tactic was no longer allowable by the uh, NFL. Right, it was Dirty Belichick doing the dirty things that he does. And, I mean, listen, it was a smart move. If you can get away with it, great. Uh, Mike, did you have something else to say before I start going on my tyrant about this? Because this this thing hurt really bad. Yeah, no, I know. Go ahead. You know, he, he did his thing. He was smart in doing it. And I give him all the credit in the world because... As we watched Welker that season, you know, obviously, as you meant, as we both mentioned, we didn't have really good quarterbacks here, but we saw something special in Welker when he was here. And when they traded him, it was like, oh, come on. And, and I'm glad you explained as to why it had to happen, because I don't think they really wanted to. But like you said, they got caught with their pants down and it was something that they weren't willing to invest in in Welker. Now, was it a mistake? Um, yes, it was. But at that point, Welker was not what he became. And um, who knows if he would have ever became what he became in New England because they knew how to u- utilize him and they had the quarterback and the coaching to do it. Uh, but Welker was was a great talent, a great individual, and um you know, again, another big mistake along the way here. They all add up. They do. So uh, in 2007, we sent kicker Linda Murray to New Orleans for a sixth-round pick in 2007. Pick was wasted as Drew Mormino never made the roster. Murray kicked for multiple teams, retiring in 2012. So he played another five years. Yeah, he did. And and that, that was that again, Mike, was a situation where it was all about money because Mari had developed, you know, had developed into one of the better kickers in the league. And it was a situation where, well, do you pay this guy this crazy money or do you just pick up another guy that could probably do just as well? And that's what they decided to do. And and that's the problem with kickers. You know, when they get to a point where they're that good, 
they always feel that they can be replaced for a lot less money and the money's thrown elsewhere. And obviously we were throwing money all over the place trying to get, you know, decent quarterbacks in and stuff. And, um, you know, in regard to the Culpepper thing, you know, we kind of went right past the fact that, you know, we, we didn't sign Drew Brees, but yeah, that's a whole other situation. You yeah. know, we kind of like decided to go that that route and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Brees yeah. is still quarterbacking and Culpepper's been gone for, what, 10 years now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the only game that he played <laughs> after, after he left that mattered was when he beat us, if you remember. Uh, mm-hmm. He, he ran in a couple of touchdowns in that game, I believe. And mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 2008, uh, fourth-round pick overall to Dallas for linebacker Aiken uh, Dele. Uh, how do you pronounce his name? A yield? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. A yield delay. <laughs> yeah. And tight end Anthony Fasano. Uh, you know, that was a decent trade. Can't can't argue with that. Fasano gave us uh, quite a few good seasons. Yeah, for a fourth round pick, he was well worth it. I wish we could trade for a tight end like him for a fourth rounder right now. A guy that can block and you know make some nice catches down the field. He wasn't great at anything, but he was good at everything. He's very solid. Yep. very very solid football player for a fourth rounder. Absolutely. Two thousand eight running back Lorenzo Booker to Philadelphia for a fourth-round pick in 2008. With that pick, Miami took tackle Sean Murphy, who did nothing for the Dolphins or anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2008, Jason Taylor to Washington for a second-round pick in 2009 and a seventh-round pick in 2010. Uh, that second-round pick, Miami turned around and drafted Pat White. <laughs> yeah, another another one along the way. Another uh, Another quarterback. Second oh, yeah. round, again, yeah. over and over. Yeah. Second round picks, keys. What would you rather have, Pat White or Jason Taylor? Well, it, it's not only that, Mike. It's it's the draft pick that you're giving up in the process. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it just There's ridiculous. a reason why Another- teams lose. And when you, when you throw all these together, you can see, you know, we're giving away resources for garbage. Over and over. Yep. Over and over. Yeah. 2009, a fifth-round pick, the 142nd overall to Kansas City for quarterback Tyler Thigpen. <laughs> Another quarterback. Yep. Yeah, at least it was a fifth-round pick this time and not a second-round pick. Right, exactly. And you know what's funny about that, Mike, is that Tyler Thigpen was probably better than the majority of these guys. Other guys, <laughs> these other right, guys. right. Mm-hmm. 2010, uh, second overall pick in 2010 and a second round pick in 2011 to Denver for wide receiver Brandon Marshall. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that trade? Uh, I I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, Brandon Marshall got himself in some trouble here early on, and he just had a bad attitude. Um, I don't know if he was – Brandon Marshall, let me put it to you this way. He became – a more mature football player once he left Miami. When he was here, he was still immature. Um, He did put up numbers, but he was getting targeted like 20 times a game. So it's impossible not to put numbers up. I remember him dropping a lot of passes in his short career here. And again, we're giving up second round pick for him. Again, over and over again. You're going through drafts where you're taking your number one pick and then you're not drafting into the third or fourth round, possibly. And and this is why the team just wasn't very good. They kept bringing in veterans 
to try and get the offense to do something, anything, and it failed miserably over and over again. Marshall was somewhat productive, but nowhere near the football player he would become once he left us. You know, I mean, he, he had great. If you look at his numbers, Mike, they're fine, but. You know, it doesn't tell the whole story about him when he got here. So, you know, I have mixed emotions about about him. Yeah, he was solid, but very very talented player who probably didn't have his head right when he was here. Exactly. And again, you gave up a second round pick in 2010 and 2011 for him. So, you know, now you've got two more seasons. Mike, I don't know if we had a second round pick through the whole decade from 2001 <laughs> to 2010. Well, yeah, I don't we, think we, we had drafted, a second. We did. We drafted Pat White. <laughs> right. And the one year the one year we did have a second round pick, we draft, we draft Pat White. <laughs> Enough said, okay? Wow, right. that's crazy. Well, at least we can say these GMs are gone. <laughs> In 2010, yeah. wide receiver Ted Ginn to San Francisco for a fifth-round pick. Miami used that pick to select Nolan Carroll. Yeah, and again, Mike, here we go. Our number one pick yeah. of a couple of years prior. For a fifth-round pick. For a fifth-rounder. I mean, and again, you know. Another, Ted Ginn's still playing, ain't he? <laughs> another nail in the coffin. That's it. Another nail in the coffin. And he's still playing, Ted Ginn Jr. He's still yeah. in the league. Yeah. So maybe we gave up on him too soon. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. 2010 wide receiver Greg Camarillo was a fan favorite for to Minnesota for cornerback Benny Sapp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Camarillo that that season where we won. Well, he won the the, the one game we did win. He the won one it. game we won, right? Yeah. You know, he was he was a good football player. You know, he was fun to watch. I mean, we didn't have a lot of offense, so. You know, you you know, you love guys like him that emerge out of nothing, and um, you know he was a fun player to watch for a very short time. And uh, he's yeah. like Chris Hogan and all those guys, you know, the yes. high effort, high effort guys. You know, yes. not a yep. lot of talent, but they're high effort. Yep, absolutely. 2011 safety Jonathan Amaya and a sixth round pick to New Orleans for Reggie Bush and a sixth round pick back in 2012. Yeah, great, great trade. Reggie Bush was very productive with us. I loved him. You know, yeah. he was a, he was a fun guy to watch. Um, he did a lot of good things. Um, I remember the game up in Buffalo. He was he was in that in the snow. He was very very good up there. He had a great game, and um, you know, I mean, Reggie was a fun player to watch. And the fact that you gave up next to nothing for him. I mean, how, how can you not make that trade? I mean, it was, it was fantastic. It was good. It's one of the few things we've done over this 30 year period. We're talking about Mike. That was a positive. Yeah. Well, I, I thought he overachieved when he was here, honestly, because, uh, he ran much better between the tackles than I thought he would. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. 2012 wide receiver Brandon Marshall to Chicago for um, a third round pick in 12 and a third round pick in 13. So we sent two seconds for this guy and uh, sent him away for two thirds. <laughs> yeah, we just traded for him. I mean, what's yeah. going on here? So two years later, he's gone. You know, I mean, we got two seasons out of him and then we decide, well, you know what? Uh, maybe this guy needs to move on and. In return, we get two, three, third round picks for him. I think so, he had a domestic situation, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he, he that, had, Mike, uh, he had all yeah, kinds of issues. Yeah. He threw the, the, the football at, uh, I don't remember. There, there was so many different things. Yeah. It, was, it was just one thing after another with him. 
2012, cornerback Vontae Davis to the Colts for a second-round pick and conditional uh, round picks in 2013. Now, with the 54th pick, Miami selected Jamar Taylor. Mm-hmm. That yeah. trade pissed me off. I liked Vontae. And uh, I really thought they did give up on him too early. I know him and Philbin had problems, and they thought he was immature and all that. But he was young. This is a guy you work with. He's got talent. Oh, he he went on to Indianapolis and played really well for them as well. And again, Mike, you know the trend. You know we talk. I've talked about it a million times. I mean, you're giving up. You know, the few times you do draft some some solid football players here, Avante was here, what, two seasons? And yeah. then, you know, we were shocked by this trade. Yeah. You know, we're like, what are they thinking? You know, what are they thinking? Yeah. I mean, you know. And they, they did the, the same thing with Sean Smith. Sean Smith, exactly. Another very, very solid corner. We were upset about that one as well. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I preferred Avante over Smith, but that's not the point. The point is they're sending away players who really shouldn't have gone anywhere. Agreed. Yeah, Sean Smith went on to have a nice, solid career, too. Now, a guy who should have left when in 13 was tackled Jonathan Martin, and he did. So we spent a second on Martin and uh, got a seventh back for him. Right, and we all know the reasoning behind yeah. that. You know, he just, you know, and and you know what, he wasn't he wasn't that great a football player to begin with. Um, well, obviously, because he didn't last very long in San Francisco. You know, we also traded Bess, Devon Bess, who was a fan favorite. You right. talk about fan favorites. I mean, that guy had some talent. The Rastafarian. Yep. He, um, you know, he got dealt over to Cleveland. Didn't really do much there. He was much better as a Miami Dolphin. But, you know, we hated seeing these guys go. I mean, they got a fourth round and a se- and a seventh round. Or, oh, or, wait a second. Hold on a minute. Bess, we wound up getting, yeah, I think we got a fourth rounder and a fifth rounder for him. But, you know, he was better than that as far as I'm concerned. I know we got a couple draft picks back in return, but I hated to see him go. I mean, he was a really, really good receiver for us. He was fun to watch. Well, as you see, you know, if you're going to make a trade and you're going to trade a productive player for draft picks, you got to hit on those draft picks. And a lot with in a lot of these cases, we didn't do that. Not at all. Exactly. The majority. Yep. You know, 2015, mm-hmm. Mike Wallace and a seventh round pick to Minnesota for a fifth round pick in 2015. With the fifth round pick, we selected running back Jay Ajayi. Mm-hmm. Ajayi, nice, nice draft selection there in the fifth round. Mike Wallace, another free agent signing that was just a complete bust. I mean, that guy was one of the worst free agent he signings. He did not. Not, did not give effort. Just didn't give effort. No, no, no. I mean, just a frustrating guy. When we got him, we were like, all right, we got a big play receiver, and him and Tannehill couldn't hook up for nothing. I mean, nothing. I mean, it was few and far between. Very frustrating. Very. 2015 linebacker Daniel Ellerby and a third-round pick to New Orleans for wide receiver Kenny Stills. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I mean, that's, that's not a bad trade. Not a bad trade. I mean, Ellerby, you know, he was kind of hit and miss. Uh, he wasn't horrible. I thought he was getting better. He had a really bad first season here, and I thought he was getting better in his second season, but they decided to deal him, so I guess they were not impressed. Well, they they threw a lot of money at him and um, Wheeler. Yeah. Wasn't it Philip Wheeler? Yeah. The two of them, uh, that one off season, and I mean, we thought we were like, "Wow, I hope these guys know what they're doing," because these guys got some serious money thrown at them, 
And, um, you know, it just didn't work out. Now, Stills, you know, he was, you know, he was another guy that would frustrate you, drop passes, you know, get soft, you know, when it, when you needed a yard or two after he caught the ball, you know, you'd see him go down to the ground and not fight for that yardage. I mean, he was a frustrating, the guy, a frustrating guy to watch at times, but overall, uh, he was a pretty solid football player for us. He did a lot in the community down in Miami. So, um, you know, I mean, this trade to me is a pretty solid one. Um, you know, again, you're giving up a third rounder, um, but you're getting, you know, a good productive receiver for you. And uh, oh, I would take stills over Mike Wallace. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. Um, you know, stills was never number one. You know, he should have been a compliment to somebody else. Right. Unfortunately, he kind of, you know, became our number one until, you know, uh, Jarvis came along. And they, they were two completely different receivers. But, uh, you know, Stills is really more of like, I would say, a number two or number three on a team where you need Agreed. that deep threat. And um, he had a lot to deal with in regard to the quarterback that he was playing with. There was a lot of frustration between the two of them again in regard to hooking up on long passes. So, you know, again, um, you know, not a bad trade, though. Not a bad trade. At least we got a guy that was productive for us. In 2016, we sent the uh, first-round pick, the eighth overall pick, to Philadelphia for linebacker Kiko Alonso, cornerback Byron Maxwell, and their first-round pick, which was the 13th-round pick in 2016. That pick we used to select tackle uh, Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. Which was a pretty good pick. Um, I can't remember who Philly took at number eight. That's the interesting thing. And I did not look up, Mike, as to who was drafted in between eight and 13, you know, to where we moved down. And neither did I. But, I, you know, that pick, taking Tunsil at 13 was fine. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he should have gone higher than that. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, my thoughts on Kiko Alonso. Um, Probably mirror mine. Yeah, right. And Mira, well, I can't say all Dolphin fans because he, that's kind of like split right down the middle with him. You know, people either loved him or you hated him. High um, effort player who had horrible instincts. Yep, absolutely. And that's how I'm going to leave it. Yep. All right. 2017, uh, fifth round pick to New Orleans for linebacker Stefan Anthony. Not much to say about that. 2017, running back Jay Ajayi to, to Philadelphia for a fourth-round pick in 2018. Now, that pick we used, and we selected uh, running back Kalen Bellage. Mm. <laughs> Bellage, yeah. He's still on our roster. Uh, so we basically traded Ajayi for Bellage. Now, Ajayi, uh, he wound up winning a Super Bowl with Philadelphia, but um, his career has just been marred with injuries. Uh, yep. He's hurt over and over again. As a matter of fact, he's not even on a roster right now. And, um, you know, it's just a couple of years later. So, you know, Ajay for us, you know. Well, where Ash we, may not be on a roster either. We'll have to see. Well, I, yeah, I honestly, Mike, um, you know, unless there's injuries, I, I honestly can't see this guy making this team right now. But but regardless of that, I mean, Ajay was a flash in the pan. I mean, he had a really, really good season for us, and then he was done, you know. 
He was another guy that Gase, you know, Gase just couldn't, you know, I don't know what the situation was, but they had issues between each other and um, there was some sort of uh, problem there that uh, we'll probably never know the truth about. Um, but uh, they moved on from him. They traded him for a fourth round pick and I thought it was ridiculous because I think Ajaye had a lot more value at that point. And to get a fourth rounder for him, you know, with the way he was playing, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I really thought tough that to say it is tough to say because, you know, that trade deadline in football is always a difficult thing. I guess, you know, sometimes the other teams have, uh, you know, the edge, you know, in regard to, uh, sure. um, you know, the trade that, you know, you're, you're between a rock and a hard place. You're trying to move a guy and the deadline's coming up and you're only getting so many offers and you're like, I want him out of here. And that's what they did. Yeah. Um, you know, because they were going to probably lose him at the end of the year anyway. So it's getting something for nothing, basically. Yep. 2018 wide receiver Jarvis Landry to Cleveland for a fourth round pick in 2018 and a seventh round pick in 2019. Now, with that fourth round pick, we ended up selecting tight end Durham Smythe. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, Jarvis. Another fan favorite, just to, again, Mike, you mentioned high-energy players. This guy, he was over the top high-energy. And, um, you know, getting a fourth and a seventh round for him, I mean, you know, not enough sold, value Sold them cheap, right. Yeah, not enough value back. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, Jarvis to me is, you know, I mean, got it. At the very least – you should have gotten a third round of form, if not a second round. Well, I'd give AJ Feely and Cleo Lemon for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, right. If you look at it in that perspective, here's the thing. I mean, you know, as a Dolphin fan, and you know, I know people that are going to listen to this. You know, we we keep seeing guys that we absolutely loved, and and really, just guys that. That, that just put a lot of effort on the field. And you look at these trades and you're like, man, can we get value back for these guys? I mean, a fourth and a seventh round pick for a guy that we drafted that became a really good football player, showed the world, showed, you know, showed all the other teams what he was capable of doing. And the best we could do for him was get a fourth and a seventh round pick. And I mean, I, you know, it, it, to me, it just wasn't enough. It, you know, and, um, you know, it is what it is. It's history now. But, I mean, this is, as a Dolphin fan, this is the stuff that's just absolutely frustrated you. As we've talked about these last 30-some-odd uh, years, I mean, th this, this is the type of stuff that just absolutely frustrates you. And let's, let's hope that, um, you know, this is all in the past and we're, we're going to move yeah. on from it. Well, you know, they traded Tunsil and they traded Fitzpatrick last year, and they got value back for them. But are those good trades? I think we have to wait to see. Right. We have to wait to see. And, and you know, Mike, those those trades I, I see in a, in, a, in a little different. I see it in a different perspective because the Fitzpatrick situation was something that they really had control over, but he didn't want to be here. It was a circumstance that developed, and they felt once they sat down and talked with him and tried to get him to stay, even after all, you know, the, everything that went down, and we don't have to rehash all that, he still didn't want to stay. So, do you want a guy that's a malcontent 
you know, that's going to just probably, you know, play with a bad attitude, number one. Number two, leave the team as, as soon as he possibly could, create more issues. And, uh, you know, with where the team was last year going into the season, I don't think it was a very smart thing to have a guy like that around when they're trying to develop a certain culture here. And you got a guy that's fighting against that culture and against the new coaching staff. So I think it was a situation where he absolutely had to go. Um, you know, the, he, he made up his mind and the coaching staff felt it was the best thing to do. And, and it was. And we got a number one pick for him. Now, the Tunsil situation. Again, another circumstance where you got offered a ton for him. I mean, a ton. And you and you see the contract this guy signed. I mean, this is what we would have had to have signed him to. So you got two number one picks in return for him, and you saved yourself a boatload. I mean, a boatload of money, because I think he's the highest paid yeah. offensive lineman in football right now. So those trades, to me, made sense. Okay, and they were of circumstance. These other thirty years of trades and moves, Mike, just you know, bad decisions, just really bad decisions. So, by and large, I mean, we 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 called out two or three trades we thought were good trades. The rest of them were garbage. <laughs> <laughs> two or three trades. I mean, back in the first, you know, the first part of the show last week, two or three trades was one year. Yeah, you know, it was one year. Yes, it yes. was you know, it was one. It was one off season. We we did as much in one off season back in the day as we have over a thirty year period in the second part of this show. So, you know, it shows the success we had in the seventies and eighties compared to what we have had since. And yeah. um, you know, that's the reason we've been where we've been. You know, to- well, it's not the only reason we've drafted poorly. You know, we we haven't done well uh, in, in free agency. You know, there's a lot of other reasons, but it's definitely you know one third of the reason anyway. Absolutely. I mean, listen, Mike, when you're giving up uh, draft picks year in and year out, and I mean, you know, we joked about it, but it's the truth. I mean, it was second round picks. You know, probably eight out of those ten years, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, and those, you know, Jason, Jason Taylor was a third round pick. Right. Right. So what my point is, you don't know what you're getting with those second round picks. They could very well end up to be a hall of famer, you know, or, or at least a very, very talented football player. So it, you, you got to be careful about giving those away. Absolutely. Mike, second round picks. If you, if you go through rosters, you'll find a ton of them on every football team's roster in the NFL. I mean, sometimes your second-round picks wind up becoming much better players than your first-round picks. Um, and to me, they're a little bit more valuable only because you pay them a lot less. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Second, third-rounders. But those, yeah. two, those two rounds in you should drafts, be the core of your football team. They are so vital to successful teams' success. That's it. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. I mean, you know, if if you look at rosters around the NFL um, and everything is always hit and miss, but the teams that are very solid and, and put a young core of football players together, uh, they're built on those second and third round picks. You find guys that are just, you know, outstanding players in those rounds. And, um, you know, when you're giving them up over and over again for quarterbacks that are – 
that are just absolutely horrible. I mean, I can't even say they're, they, they were average because they weren't. They were just absolutely horrible moves over and over again. Uh, you know, eventually it's going to take its toll on its team and your record's going to show it and your, your performance on the field is going to show it. And it did. You know, you, you realize that, God, this team's made up of, you know, just later round picks, free agents that aren't working out. It was just bad moves over and over again. So hopefully we're past all that. And this new regime is is going to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, they started off well last year. Uh, this offseason, I thought they did a pretty good job. And let's let's hope going forward they do the same thing. That's so. So we'll see. You know, you, you can't really judge these things until at least a few years down the road. So we'll see, you know, if that Tunsil trade was a good trade. You know, if they hit on those first-round picks and uh, – can use that second round pick wisely. It'll absolutely be a good trade. If they, you know, bomb on those picks, then you know we get we then we got the short end of the deal. So, to an extent, yeah, we still yeah. we still have another pick. Yeah. In regard to that Tunsil deal. Yeah. So um, you know, we've got another we have, number one. We have next two. Week. We have a number one and a and, number two. And a number two. Exactly. We've got and there you go, Mike, the number two. The number today is two. That's the, the number, number today. Two. <laughs> We've talked about right. the number well, two over less than, less than two weeks until training camp. <laughs> and this is part two <laughs> of all-time key trades in Dolphin history. The number two. All right. There we go. All right. With that, I think we're going to close the show. Lewis, thanks for joining me today. Very welcome. Always a pleasure. I hope we didn't bore everyone to death and they're interested <laughs> in all this, but you know, it was depressing. I'll admit it, uh-huh. but it is what it is. You know, you, you don't lose for 30 straight years without having reasons. Exactly. And, and we have kind of gotten, like you mentioned, a third of it, uh, a yeah. third of the reasoning behind those bad records and not making the playoffs. Right. We got it out. We got it out there for everybody to listen to. So anyway, all right. Hopefully Greer turns it around. And, uh, you know, I think everybody likes the job that he's doing so far. You know, they're starting to get recognition from around the league and then nationally. So that's a good thing. And uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and close the show. Again, Lewis, thanks for joining me. Guys, thanks for listening out there. And uh, we'll be back next week. Fins up. Fins up, doll fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 